Hello out there listening to the NHI Podcast Network. This is Julio Cotto, joined by Ernesto Nieto, president and founder of the National Hispanic Institute. We're talking to you this today from the home office. We're in the annex in our regular podcast recording studio. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about the cross-examination topic, which is one of the four events that will be featured at the 2018 Great Debates that are going to be held all over the country. Cross-examination is a team event. There's a leader, there's a member, and there is a what we call the resolved, a, a statement that is read, and one team has to affirm that statement, the other team has to oppose it, and a debate will take place um, that's very exciting. There's a lot of questions, and it gets pretty heated, but it's definitely a rapid-fire intellectual experience for teams that will be competing. Ernesto, this year in cross-examination, our topic, uh, like all the topics, relates to the theme about social labels and the impact. And I'm just going to read the topic here for us to talk a little bit about and help out the alliances as they make their final preparations. Again, in keeping with the whole conversation of social labels, uh, their impact, both positive and negative, the resolve this year is resolved. The use of dominant mainstream social labels of Latinos undermines the promotion of a community investor mindset. One team will affirm that statement. The others will have to oppose. And when we're talking about uh, mainstream social labels, some of the examples we've given are the terms like minority, third world, people of color, underserved. What's the debate at hand? You know, very interesting. I I want to make sure that that, um, this is one of my favorite matches at the great debate that I love seeing uh, Sometimes the voices get a little too loud. Uh, sometimes maybe we've, we're talking about freshman age high school kids, and sometimes they think that volume is the way in which you make a point rather than make an intellectual point and in the, in the exchange of ideas and concepts. But it's a fun activity. I can see why students are attracted to it. There's two things that, that, that come to mind when you read this statement. The use of dominant mainstream social labels. That's the one statement. The free use of that is like someone authorizes themselves. This is one of the things that we have to look at. Someone assumes authority to to call us whatever they think is appropriate to call boxes in, identify us for whatever reason, politically justifiable for demographic reasons, for economic, for marketing, Someone feels like they have the authority to call us whatever it is. Now, what we're what is being argued here that many of these social labels are not only unattractive, they're also they also create a disadvantage for us in terms of social identifier, social identity, personal development, personal identity, how we perceive and behave towards the world in which we live. So that's number one. Uh, the other one assumes something that's very different that, that, that sometimes we forget in reading the statement. Generally, what, what happens if we don't like a label, we talk about the injury that it's causing us. Example, people of color. I don't know who invented that, 
and it has nothing to do with the, the term color. And it can get very easily misinterpreted by other so-called minority groups of this country. But the use of the word disadvantaged, minority, uh, at risk, places us in a socially weak position. And oftentimes what we do is decry the impact is having on us, right? And we, we want to explain the, the injury that it's causing us. And I think that some of these debate students and some of the coaches will tend to side with that view of this particular result. But if you read the second part, and it says, because it undermines the promotion of a community investor mindset, we're not saying it's injuring us. We're saying it is taken away from what we're about. We're not saying, hey, the use of these terms is causing us emotional conflict and uh, discouragement, things of that nature. It is saying... Right, it's not saying that it's a... What's the term it uses there? Uh, undermines. It doesn't say that the label causes us to feel bad or it hurts us right. or it hurts our it's feelings not hurtful. or it's bad. We're saying it takes attention away from what we are about. Yeah. Right? So the, the great debaters, the cross-exers, better be very careful on how they phrase and or, organize their argument. And the coaches better be very strategic in understanding those two differences. We're not, we're, not, we're not reacting against the label from the standpoint of injury. We're saying it is, it is mislabeling our intent as an investor community. So you have to then establish what is, it, what is it that makes us an investor community and what are the advantages of that? And is do it, those labels lead to that or are they an impediment to that? Exactly. Is it, is it, does it hold water? <laughs> does the case hold water? And, 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 it, and it's going to be tested, right? And so the opposition has to listen very critically to how the argument is formed and advanced. Because if it takes the direction of injury, harm, then the that can be attacked easily by a counter-argument, or in this case, the argument of the opposition. But but if it includes how it, how it tends to weaken or, or be contrary to an investor mindset community, the, the presenter of the affirmative has to describe what that means and why it's to our advantage. And if they fail to do that, they're going to be easily attacked by the opposition. So it's very important on, and with this podcast that we clearly establish that there is a double rule involved here, and it's very subtle. I read it the first time, didn't say anything, because I wanted to listen to the coaches out there every time they call, and they go, are we doing the right thing? And <laughs> they talk, and I, I never say anything to them, because I don't want to give anyone any particular advantage. But now they're going to the tournament. And I'm going to be sitting in that audience and, 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 and determining whether that young person came armed with the right information and the right concept enough to argue for change. And is the opposition arguing, or is the opposition attacking, what are they attacking? Are they attacking whether there's injury or not, or are they attacking from the from the standpoint of it is or isn't in standing in the way of a community Well, the, 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 the base concern here is not injury. The base concern in, is the inappropriateness. It's, it's the inappropriateness of the label. For, for an investor yes for an investor for mindset. an investor mindset so the is, opposition really needs to 
probably know that a little bit more than the affirmative, what that really means or frame the community investor mindset. Or force the affirmative to, to describe that. Yes. Right. And if they're not able to do that, then the the opposition is going to be in a weakened position. Absolutely. To be redundant. But uh, yeah, it's a very subtle difference. And when I read it the first time, I know you guys worked on it in-house because I didn't have anything to do with this. I think you had most, most, did most of the work on it. But when I read it, I didn't say anything because I liked it because of the subtleness. And I thought, wow, there are two operating principles here. What's harmful, which is easy to describe, meaning the usual complaint is uh, Donald Trump called us animals. That is harmful and it hurts us and it's hurtful and it's inhumane and it's unnecessary. And we do all those things, right? That's not the argument here. The argument is it doesn't fit who we are, but you have to describe who we are or are becoming and why that's important. That makes the term or the terms inappropriate. You can't say to someone, you're disadvantaged if they're building wealth. I mean, it's inconsistent. You almost have to frame it as an oxymoron and then prove it. Absolutely. And so it's going to be a very interesting argument. On the other hand, how does the opposition handle that challenge? I would be looking for weaknesses in the construction of the argument for investor mindset. Because that's, or, that's broadly defined. Right or, or, or almost as if it's not already happening. I think they could presume that there already is an investor mindset as a result of these terms. You know, it's, it's interesting. If you go to Chicago, you see 26th Street as the end product of an investor mindset by Latino-owned businesses. And it is one of the largest consumer districts of Chicago. Uh, you go to other communities and you, you see merchant communities that have organized uh, their communities in certain ways. You see the emergence of, of literary writers that are beginning to write more about Latinos today than at any time in our history, uh, and not only historically, but culturally and uh, poetically and art, in all kinds of fashions family practices and so forth we have a we we have a record number of of uh, of people who want to reflect on being latino and the value of being all of those things julio are investor minded so the the conditions for how we have been viewed so let's go over to latin america and see how this applies to it we understand it here from a from from its traditional uses but when you go to Mexico and you describe it as a violent society. Well, it's also, are you framing your country from a perspective of foreign aid or foreign investment? And you, you hear that on the news, that little subtlety is used right. of with certain countries, a uh, foreign investment, yada, 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 or foreign aid. And sometimes it's, it's money, it's foreign money that's being kicked in. But it's the perspective of what the money is. Is it an aid or is it an investment? So the students from Latin America or whomever argues that from a Latin American point of view have to look at their community as an investor society and attempt to identify things that are going on in that society that are designed to better the social, economic, and political condition of those communities. And so it takes you away from the over-concentration on the negative, and as Gloria would put it, the doom and gloom view of your own world, of your own society, and of your own nation. So this is why I like this year's, I know you guys did a great job in, in posing that argument, 
And I'm going to be very interested in how these students approach it. But I want to make sure that EDs, I mean, and that from, from organizing and administering this program, the great debate, and PAs before they, before they actually leave for the tournaments, that they review very carefully and very strategically how that statement was made, because it's a two-part statement. One does not result in the other. They're individ they should be individually treated. In the game of cross-examination, where do you find that the opposition can get into a, can get tripped up? And that I know we always have this, what we call sometimes the he said, she said example. That, that's a, you know, the fact that our judges are just a year older than the students uh, is, is, can be a, has been a commonly expressed concern. I like the fact that our judges are that age because they're listening to very substantive arguments, very critical information that's important to their development as well. What I have to say about it is that the mistake that the opposition generally makes is that they become attorney types and they think that their, that their, their role is to tear down the opposition or the statements or the advancement of concepts of the affirmative instead of finding weaknesses in them. The role of the affirmative is to make a case for change. The role of the opposition is to strategically identify the weaknesses, not to offer contrary information or disagree with the conclusions that are reached by the affirmative. Or a different type of change. Or to bring, or, or to, yeah, make it, or to contrast it with a, with a, with a counter-argument. The purpose of the opposition is to intellectually, analytically zero in on the weaknesses of the arguments and then amplify that to the extent you don't have to prove them wrong. You can merely state that because of the weaknesses in these arguments, their position or their argument for change cannot be substantiated. We're not, this is not a win-lose draw uh, uh, exchange. It is finding enough evidence in the information being provided by the affirmative to no longer be able to make a substantial case for change or that claim. The skills, capacities, and knowledge of the cross-examination game or event to you are applicable or, or ha to you have been applicable how? Well, because and, 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 and what, what these programs do is that they make you very analytical. You, you weigh every consideration. Uh, you know, and my role as founder and president of this organization, and in particular because there has been no model to follow. Most Latino organizations, nonprofits, educational nonprofits, have historically been funded by government or by ch large charitable foundations or large corporations, and they become the reflection of their funding sources. NHI is a self-sustaining, we call it socially enterprising entity. In order to survive, in order to, 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 to advance, in order to become sustainable, in order to gain strength, you have to analyze every move you're making. This experience of the great debates, these subjects, all of these things are designed to really sharpen the insight, the critical thinking capacities of young people so that they can make subtle distinctions between something and other things so that they can learn to uh, form an argument that holds water and is sustainable so that they can learn to advance ideas that, that uplift and engage people 
as participants and enthuse people to participate and join. These are the ways in which you do that. And if you don't bring this thing into the table, if you're not able to, as I've always said, if you're not able to get to the minds and hearts of people, they will never follow you. And these are the learning steps for the future. I think one of the things that as you talk, I'm thinking about, you know, imagining the game going on in my head. Uh, and, and I'm thinking about my work uh, and experiences um, here at the Institute and elsewhere that while we do talk a lot about leaders, uh, almost as individual leaders, leadership is a team sport and it's a contact team sport at many times. And I know countless meetings I've gone to with you or Nicole and I have gone together. In fact, we were talking earlier about she and I are going together to, to meet with a vice president of a university. That team aspect sometimes doesn't get developed in leadership. And I think CS does that. What to you is, is the value of learning how to have that partner that listens, compliments, keeps you off track? Because that is that CX relationship. The leader and member have to, they have to be listening and complimenting each other constantly. Leadership is not a single person endeavor. It's never been. Leaders have good critiquers. You may have a person that's a point person that represents an organization or entity or idea, but it is not the single outcome of that person's thinking because that thinking has to be constantly vetted, updated, modernized, and advanced. What I thought about NHI in 1980, it's not NHI today. I mean, it's radically different from their elements that, are, that remain permanent in the organization. The focus on a particular population of Americans is one example, or even in Latin America. The fact that we want to deal with the caliber of young people who bring with them the capacities to think critically and, and, and to think in advanced terms. We, we're very selective in the kinds of populations that we're fostering and that we're developing and that we're advancing. But I know, I know that leadership is not a single-person endeavor. And a quarterback on a, on a football team it does not act alone. They, they need other players to advance the ball. And everybody has to do their job. So everyone is acting in a leadership capacity to bring about a collective outcome. And that is actual leadership when an entire group of people, a society, a group, an entity works together in concert to achieve a common goal. And so oftentimes we confuse, regrettably, leadership with self-importance and title, money, things of that nature. That's not our kind of leadership at the National Hispanic Institute. And I know that that's not the kind of leadership that we admire in American politics. We admire the kind of leadership that engages other people and considers the sentiments of people, even from the right to the left or from the high, high to the low or from the low economic citizen to the more affluent citizen, that we are an inclusive society. So leadership is a tough business because you have to deal with so many elements. You have to deal with so many considerations. And if you don't bring that form of analysis to the table, if you don't have people who are constantly vetting, like in CrossX, vetting your ideas and your presentations, then your argument may be weak and you may never recognize it. And you may fail and never know why. Well, and again, as you talk, it just it strikes me that CX really is some actually more of a listening game than it is a, a speech-making game or a question game. It's a game, of, it's a, it's a game of the diplomats. Absolutely. The diplomats sit there at a table and, and, and want you to make a, a caustic error in whatever you're advancing, particularly if you're adversaries. 
And so it's, it's, especially it's, if you trip up on yourself, yeah. which is, and we've seen it here recently in national and international politics, right? The whole idea about, yeah, we're going to denuke and all that Korea is no longer on the table. Now, now all of a sudden it blows up in our face that that may never happen. So you have to be careful how you say things and when you say things. And it's always a strategic way of positioning, advancing, analyzing, reevaluating, revetting. And it's not a singular person, singular person action. We wish all the best to the cross-examination teams and the best to the coaches out there getting their teams ready for competition. Again, we're just uh, under a month to the first of the great debates that are taking place, uh, especially here in the state of Texas with Sherman, our big 300-person event coming up very soon. Uh, This is a conversation about the cross-examination event and topic for 2018. This is a series of podcasts that we will be doing for students, families, and coaches and members about all the four great debate topics. Thank you again for joining us on the NHI Podcast Network. For more information on the National Hispanic Institute, please visit our website, www.nationalhispanicinstitute.org. Call us at 512-357-6137. Find us on Facebook at NHIHQ or on Twitter NHI underscore news and at Instagram and Snapchat NHI underscore news. Thank you to Union Pacific for their generous support as a sponsor of the NHI Podcast Network. Music by Andres Cotto.